0: And its temperature goes from just about room temperature, a little bit hotter, to over 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit in something like 24 hours.
1: Have you ever wondered what it's like to discover a brand new world? In the last three decades, we've found over 5,000 planets outside our solar system, called exoplanets. I'm Dr. Jessie Christensen, the lead scientist at the NASA Exoplanet Archive. This is Explore Exoplanets The Discoverers, a series where I interview the brilliant minds behind the discovery of brand new planets. Welcome everybody to episode one of Explore Exoplanets, The Discoverers. I am very delighted here today to have my boss. Uh, it's Chaz Beichmann. Uh, welcome, Chaz. Thank you so much for being on episode one of our show. Uh, so to start off with, where are you physically right now?
0: I'm at the, uh, on the Caltech campus at the IPAC uh, building, which houses the NASA Exoplanet Science Institute.
1: Hooray! Uh, That's in Pasadena, in California, for folks who don't know where Caltech is. Uh, Beautiful weather today, uh, much nicer than it has been. Um, So that's where you are physically. Uh, Where are you in your career?
0: Um, So I'm working now as the uh, executive director of the NASA Exoplanet Science Institute. I'm a senior fellow at JPL and a faculty associate at Caltech, so... um, I'm having a great time. <laughs>
1: that's, that's quite the string of titles you've been able to amass over your career. Uh, at the start of your career, cast your mind back uh, to before you had your string of titles, uh, did you ever think that you would be discovering exoplanets?
0: No, my first thought was just to find protostars who were basically stars like our own sun in the process of formation. That was sort of my early goal as a postdoc and so on. Planets seemed way too much of a stretch. took me another decade to figure out we could actually go looking for planets.
1: And was that because of the technical difficulty involved in finding planets?
0: Yeah, you know, we didn't find actually any planets until the mid-90s. So there were just lots of different difficulties with all the different techniques. But now we're actually uh, able to do it starting by the mid-90s, and since then, it's just been a fascinating, wonderful ride.
1: Right, and a a ride that you've gotten to partake in. You have discovered planets. Uh, Tell us how you discovered your first planet.
0: I'm probably the person with the most minimal set of actual discoveries of exoplanets. I've discovered one that's actually in the NASA Exoplanet Archive, uh, kepler 1654b. It's a sort of half Jupiter-sized planet and a long-period orbit, and that was sort of one of the keys that made our observation interesting. It's the uh, currently the third longest-period planet of any of the confirmed transiting planets. And the way we found it is we searched all the Kepler light curves for single transit events. The Kepler catalog demanded that you have three transits and in its sort of 4 year life, that meant you could only you couldn't get you know very, very long periods. But if you looked for single transit, you could find things that were much longer than a year, in fact, uh, over a thousand days. And we, working with a summer student, Helen Giles, were able to search all of the light curves and find this object that had a single light curve. And then as all the final mission data was analyzed, we actually were able to find one more transit that uh, lucky enough was captured. And that gave us two transits, which really enabled us to lock down the period.
1: Uh, A lot of planet searching, you know, when you look at it later is a hard slog, right? You had to look through hundreds of candidates to find this one. How did you feel when you and Helen finally realized it was a real planet?
0: Oh, it was just very exciting. And of course, she was you know, obviously very excited because she was a summer student. And I obviously was saying, hey, it's really great that you know, the software we developed and the idea that we had to push this forward actually worked. So it was great.
1: Yes, back in my day, it took years and years and years to find planets. And now you hear all these wonderful stories of, you know, NASA intern comes in and three days later they find a planet. Uh, so these, having these data sets available, these exquisite data sets like Kepler that anybody can come and look for planets in is so valuable scientifically. Okay, so moving on, how many planets have you discovered in total, Chaz?
0: That was it, one. But it's actually a more complex question than that. Mm -hmm. So for, for many years, my research really focused on finding evidence of planetary systems by searching for signposts of planets. That's something we could do before we actually were capable of finding planets themselves. So we used what's called the debris disk phenomenon, where you could actually find the remnants of planet formation, the asteroid belts, the comet belts, the Kuiper belts, and using Um, Infrared satellites like the Infrared Astronomy Satellite and the Spitzer Telescope, we found dozens of systems that had the potential for hosting planets, many of which have since been found to host planets. Um, So indeed something like uh, Beta Pictoris had a very bright debris disk and now has two planets that people subsequently uh, found. And indeed right now we're using James Webb as as we speak to look at some of the most prominent of the debris disk systems, including Vega, Alpha Lyra, Epsilon Eri, Hot, to see if we can make a direct imaging detection of the planets around these bright debris disk systems. And we're also going to be looking at some of our closest solar neighbors, one of them, Alpha Sen, to see if we can find a planet around that. So. More planets to come, but so far my score is only one. So as I say, I'm a very modest discoverer, but I've uh, been doing it for a long time.
1: Right. Well, and yeah, JWST is definitely going to open up a whole new discovery space for planets. I'm really excited about the Alpha Cen observations. Uh, So for folks listening, the closest star system to our sun is called Alpha Centauri. It's got three stars in it. Uh, One of them is a small cool red star called Proxima Centauri, which is the closest star to our sun. And it has at least one, possibly two, maybe three planets around it. Uh, But But the other two stars in that system are much more like our sun. So we're really excited to look around those stars to see if they have planets around them. Wouldn't it be spectacular if the very closest stars to our sun had Earth-like planets around them? That's really exciting.
0: And by the uh, mid-July, we'll have the observations all uh, in the can from JWST and start uh, to analyze it. So we're very excited about that observation coming up.
1: You've looked at a lot of planetary systems and systems that turned out to have planets. What's your favorite real life planet?
0: Um, It varies from time to time. Right now, the favorite one is one we're planning to do a JWST observation on. It's called HD 80606. That's his telephone number. What makes it special? It is a highly eccentric planet. That doesn't mean it wears mismatched shoes and a funny looking hat. It means it has an orbit that's really squashed down. It's a highly elliptical orbit. And it just goes from out at something like 1 AU, our Earth-Sun distance, about 0.9 of an AU. And it goes in all the way to a few tenths of an astronomical unit above its star. And its temperature goes from just about room temperature, a little bit hotter, to over 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit in something like 24 hours.
1: Okay, so, so Southern gonna, California then is what you're saying.
0: Yeah, winter, you know, from the depths, of, you know, room temperature to Death Valley, but even warm. Right. And so we're gonna monitor that with Webb and just see how the temperature and the evolution of the atmosphere evolves um, as you start putting this blowtorch on this uh, Jupiter-sized planet. Oh, so that's gonna so be a very exciting observation.
1: Where, Where in its orbit will you be taking observations?
0: Right at Eclipse. Okay. So So right when the planet
1: goes behind the star.
0: And we're going to see it's a dayside getting blasted with the heat from that star. Right. And uh, it's going to be a very exciting observation. Spitzer did this um, just measuring the overall brightness change. We're going to do this with high-resolution spectroscopy and watch all the different molecules and atoms come and go as we, uh, you know, watch it during this uh, sort of, 14-hour duration observation.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a wild time in that planet's weather. Yeah. Okay, that's your favorite real planet. Uh, One of the most exciting things for me is the fact that science fiction is full of fictional planets. People were dreaming about other worlds for decades, if not hundreds of years, before we finally started finding them. So now that we've talked about your favorite real planet, what's your favorite fictional planet?
0: My favorite fictional planet, I've even named my laptop after it, is called Altair Four. And it's from the nineteen fifty-six movie Forbidden Planet. And Altair IV, it is posited, orbits the nearby hot young star, an A7 star, um, called Altair, although it's known as Alpha Aquilae. And it's up, it's one of the bright stars in the summer triangle that'll be coming up this summer. And as far as we know in the real world, it has no known planets. Um, On the other hand, it's not very amenable to our various planet-finding techniques. It's too hot to be detectable with uh, radial velocity technique, and no one's really looked at it much with imaging. But in the movie, the crew of uh, United Planets Cruiser C-57D are en route to the fourth planet in that system, a habitable zone Earth, uh, to rescue some astronauts, some settlers who are stranded there. And the crew found the survivors, discovered the remnants of an ancient lost civilization, and had to cope with the planet's dark secret.
1: Ooh, okay. No spoilers for people who haven't seen this movie from 65 years ago. <laughs> uh, that's super cool. All right, we'll find out more about Altair Four coming up soon. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter to find out more about Chaz's favourite fictional planet and its real world counterpart.